And this episode is brought to you by Die Real Estate and Land Company. They are the real estate agents based in Northwest Ohio that are the go-to company for people who enjoy the rural lifestyle and are looking to buy and sell some property. The whole team is amazing. I've used them in the past. Uh, I'm partial to Jaylene myself for obvious reasons, but uh, they're all there for you whenever you need them. If you're in the market, just drop them a line at info at diarealestate.com. That's info at dyerealestate.com. And don't forget to tell them, support your local podcast sent you. Hello, I'm Robert T. Smith, host of Support Your Local Podcast. I want to take a moment to remind you to hit that fast forward button. That is, unless you want to hear about something good being done. Anyone who knows me knows that I love bowling. In 2016, I founded the Smith Family Bowling Scholarship Foundation, intended to honor my father's hard work and dedication to community service and award scholarships to youth bowlers throughout the nation. To date, we've awarded well over $15,000 in scholarships. If you are a bowler, know a bowler, have ever seen a bowler, or heard about anyone who has ever seen a video of a bowler, I'd love for you to help promote the SFBSF and its mission. Please go to sfbsf.com and see what we're all about. While you're there, please consider hitting that donate button and helping us make a brighter future for our youth. Again, that's sfbsf.com. Thank you for your time. I now declare the quick draw competition open. Howdy, everyone. Pull up a chair, kick up your boots, and take a sip on a nice cold brew. It's the Quick in the Pod, the show on the Support Your Local Podcast Network, where we take a look at the 1995 Sam Raimi Western classic, The Quick and the Dead, one chapter at a time. I'm your host, Robert Smith, coming to you from beautiful Tombstone. Yes, that one. Today, we are going to take a look at Chapter 12, Ellen versus Kelly. But before we jump into there, I see the Batwing doors starting to swing wide open, and we have a returning gunfighter, one Mr. Shizzy, Sean O'Neill. Sean, how you doing today, bud? Hey, how's it going? Not too going bad, good? not too bad. Uh, sorry, I do. Uh, the I got word uh, last uh, on cha- Chapter 6 that the marshal was in town looking for me, so I had to bail real quick. Hey, we, we've all been there, man. We, we all <laughs> got to make a, a quick exit. We all understand, but thank you for coming back. We, we're glad to have you back. Um, today, we're, we are going to look at Chapter 12, Alan versus Kelly. But before we do that, I just wanted to do a, a quick little segment that uh, you're very familiar with, I'm sure, where we take a, a deep dive into one of our cast and crew of the movie, just kind of look at the movers and shakers and get a feel for where they've been, where they're at during this movie and where they, they end up going. Uh, today, we're going to look at one Mr. Tobin Bell in a segment I like to call, put my damn name on the board. Put my damn name up. So here we are. We are at uh, Put My Damn Name on the Board, uh, taking a look at one Mr. Tobin Bell. There's obviously one character that jumps out at us uh, in regards to him, but we'll get to that here in a minute. Tobin Bell is, of course, our, the very first person that we see in this movie. He is uh, Mad Dog Kelly, the, the man frantically digging for some gold in the middle of the desert when he when he runs into Sharon Stone's character. But uh, 
I was surprised, Sean, looking at his filmography, you know, he's so well known as the Jigsaw character, spoilers, that I, I didn't realize that he has a pretty extensive career going way back. And and now it's it's fun watching some of these movies and seeing him and, and seeing him as just this normal person, as as we only know him as Mad Dog Kelly and, and, and Jigsaw. Um, but uh, started out uh, in 1982, uh, a, a year that is very near and dear to my heart for obvious reasons, uh, being a reporter in Sophie's Choice. Uh, he's also in The Verdict. He is in Tootsie as a as an uncredited role. But anybody that doesn't like Tootsie uh, doesn't shouldn't shouldn't be watching movies. Um, <laughs> in 1983, he's in Svengali. 85, Turk 182. Uh, 88, Mississippi Burning as uh, FBI agent Stokes. Uh, 89, Innocent Man. 90, we see him in Loose Cannons, False Identity. And then the fun, one of the fun ones to discover, Goodfellas. He's actually the parole officer of Henry Hill. And when, when you go back and watch it now, you'll see him as the, the guy that uh, takes him back after he showed, I believe it's right after uh, Henry's showing uh, De Niro and Joe Pesci the, the money he's getting for smuggling the drugs. Uh, he gets called back by Tobin Bell. It's just a nice little blink and you miss it moment, but it's most definitely him. Um, 92 ruby 93 boiling point uh, another one of the big ones that you'd probably would know him from when you see it is the firm uh in the line of fire malice 95 we finally get to where we're at today uh for uh the quick and the dead playing mad dog kelly uh 98 we have overnight delivery we have best of the best four without warning arguably the best of the best of the best um, <laughs> 2000 the road to el dorado uh, 2002, Black Mask 2, City of Masks, uh, also subtitled as uh, Black Mask Gear. Uh, but the, 2004, that's when most people are going to know who we're talking about. And this is this man is obviously somebody that rose to great prominence as one of the serial killers on screen. I mean, puts himself right up there in the, the upper epsilon of Freddie and Jason, Mike Myers, without all the supernatural mumbo jumbo. We're obviously talking about one Mr. John Kramer, also known as Jigsaw. Um, John, I know watching them with you, uh, several of the first ones, uh, saw one of the, the, the franchises that's kind of near and dear to your heart. Oh, yeah. I, uh, the first movie, I remember seeing that. It was just like that. I was blown away. I was like, this movie is great. And then uh, the second one was okay, and the third one I really liked, but then I just kind of just kind of fell off for me after a while. But definitely the first three, uh, I I think are are definitely classics uh, nowadays, you know, modern day classics, I suppose. Even though it's almost been twenty years since the first one came out, it's kind of hard to believe. That makes me a little sad reading that. I, I just did the math on that. Yeah, that's I, I've I've been alive almost as long with with saw movies as i have without saw movies <laughs> but yeah i have to agree yeah the first three make a, a nice tidy little trilogy and and then you kind of get into that sequel fatigue um you know maybe maybe cranking one out every <laughs> phrasing uh maybe uh, <laughs> making one of these movies every you know 13 months was a, a tall ask once you're getting into five, six, seven, 29, however many we, we ultimately ended up having. I, I think I still have not watched the last two, to be honest. Uh, there was, I think seven in the 
series proper, and then there was Jigsaw, which was technically the eighth one, I guess. And then there's that newer one that uh, Spiral. Uh, yeah, Chris Rock was uh, Chris Rock, part yeah. of. I, I believe. I think you're right. I think that one was the Chris Rock one. I don't. Did that come out yet? I don't. I don't. I don't. I haven't seen it. I don't know. Um, looking at my notes, it came out in 2021. Okay. Yep. And then there is a Saw 10 in current production for 2023. So uh, maybe the the couple years that they took off let let things kind of cool off a little bit, kind of like the the Halloween franchise. But uh, I don't know, man. I'm I'm gonna have to hold my breath on that one. That's that is definitely a a streaming movie I'll be watching. I won't be going to the theater for those. <laughs> yeah, for but sure. You, what we really need is another uh, Jason Voorhees movie. But if you know anything about that, it was all tied up in litigation for so yes. much, so many years. I think they finally resolved that. Um, if I they, remember they, correctly, they, yeah, they they finally resolved the rights issues on that, and that's kind of the only way that the the very popular video game even got to to see the light of day. So hopefully, there's enough fanfare and, and enough goodwill still stemming from the video game that we can we can extend on those. But uh, I mean, looking at his filmography from here, it it literally you can tell that this poor man started to get really typecast at this point because we're, we're going into Saul's. And then we have Buried Alive, we have The Haunting Hour, uh, several of the Boogeyman uh, movies, Dark House, Finders Keepers, um, Manson Family Vacation. Uh, it, it's it's literally reading like a, a direct-to-video career once once he kind of got out of the, the, the Saw movies, which really is unfortunate because when you watch him in these other movies like The Firm and even here in The Quick and the Dead, he is a very good actor. I think that may be to somewhat to his bane to where he was such a great character in Jigsaw that that's just kind of who he is. He's he's the equivalent of like a Robert England at this point. Yeah, arguably. I mean, you see that a lot with um, with the actors who played what we let's face it, iconic. Uh, characters after a while they just kind of get uh you know just kind of get typecast and and then they you know a you know a job's a job at some points too so you know i'm sure he didn't have to work you know super hard in like what the gate gates of darkness or whatever the hell movie that is i'm looking at right now you know i mean that's very and and you know going from the, the the first season when I did the support your local pod or support uh, support your local sheriff excuse me, and so many of these character actors and even even to a lesser degree Mr. Pat Hingle in, in this movie here, you know we we kind of look back uh, and I, I'm I'm a, a victim of this myself I, we look at it kind of snobbily of you know like oh he just does those movies now but obviously they pay. And, and if he's making a, a living as an actor going through these movies, you know, props to him. You know, there's there's how many actors that don't even get those phone calls. So as long as his phone's still ringing, I, I will never fault somebody for for cashing that cheddar. I mean. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of, uh, 
Manson, Manson Family Vacation. I actually saw that movie. It's pretty good, honestly. It's not what you think uh, it would be. It's more of a comedy, dramedy kind of. It's It wasn't terrible. But, I mean, it's not essential viewing or anything. Is is it a a send up of the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation movies? As oh no no nothing, movies? not not like that, not like that. Although that would be awesome, <laughs> I'd totally watch that. I, I'd watch it, but I'm no, not I think uh, uh, one of the Duplass brothers uh, was involved in that. Uh, you know, like the guys who made um oh what's it Creep. The movie Creep and Creep Two with the the guy with the wolf mask. You, you ever seen those? I am familiar. Yes. Yeah. So they do like it's kind of like a smaller movie that actually wasn't too bad. But here we go with the cross pollinating movie references again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, it's the whole point of the segment, man. You got you got to give people other things to watch and. I, I'll tell you, if, if you ever want obscure movies, um, one of the people that you want to ask for a list from is, is one Mr. Shizzy. Uh, he is the reason that I, I, we kind of touched on this a little bit in our previous episode, but uh, he is the reason I knew that the cult classic section existed in Hollywood video. Um, I would not know that redneck zombies was a thing if it wasn't for shizzy i would never have discovered cannibal the musical if it was not for shizzy um (laughs) all-time bangers right there (laughs) all-time bangers if you if you've never if you've never had the joy of watching orgasmo thank shizzy and and go watch that but yes i have a a copy a special edition of redneck zombies on dvd that i found a long time ago (laughs) i love that movie (laughs) The fact that that made it out of VHS, just, oh, how, how, oh. It's the True Masterpiece Collection. Oh, that's, that's fair. Trauma trauma does not, uh, does not shy away from, from re-releasing their stuff. That's fair. All right, but uh, that, we're just going to a quick one today for Mr. Tobin Bell. Obviously, I don't have to go too deep into his career because you guys know where you can find him. Uh, if it's if it has saw in the title, one Mr. Tobin Bell is probably there, and it's probably going to be a good one, uh, if not just for his part, uh, regardless of anybody else that may be in it. Though you may see a random wall bird, wall bird here and there uh, during some of those. <laughs> but uh, this has been put my damn name on the board. Add my name to the list. Add a boy. All right, and we are back. We. We start our chapter with Sharon Stone walking through the Batwing doors of the saloon. And I find this interesting as we, we saw before that she comes in and out of her room from, from an outside porch, uh, almost like a motel setup. And we just left her last week in, in our previous episode getting dressed and ready to go it, it, while she was in her room, you know, the, the daughter, okay, Hey, the people in the street are calling for you. And she's, she's getting ready inside of her room. So why is she now coming out through the saloon doors? Is, is there a door on either side of her room? One that opens up into the saloon. And, and we do see later a scene where Eugene's coming down from, from upstairs in the saloon. So, so maybe, um, but I just found it interesting that you wouldn't think that those, types of rooms would have dual access doors i guess just one of the things that kind of eh, 
piqued my interest. Um, she is she's first met with Scars, who's just there to look ugly, and and he does it well. the The crowd is a bit more hospitable than they were with Court, and some are even waving money in her face, some smiling. So you have to think maybe you know maybe the people are giving the the lady a a, a chance on this. They don't know enough about Mad Dog Kelly, or maybe they know too much about Mad Dog Kelly that you know we 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 we're going to give the the lady a chance in the betting ring. But Court is still right there on the porch in, in front of Herod's and beside their last interaction, not going too well, he does take a moment to tell her that there's a, a clicking noise that happens uh, before the, the clock hand moves. And this is apparently a cheat code to use to get the, the one up on your, your opponent. But this still strikes back to my argument previously that they're drawing on the hand moving and not the chime of the clock. And Pat Hingle was very, very specific in his rules when he was telling us those, that they have to wait for the, the, the chime of the clock to draw. And now we're trying to draw even sooner than that. Shizzy, I, I know that it struck you as odd with the, the, the whole clock chiming thing. What's, what, what's your thoughts? <laughs> I, I, I like it because, you know, th- this is her, is this her first, uh, a showdown, as it were. It's uh, and, showdown. So we've okay. only seen her. Like, she she had the fight with Kelly out in the desert, and right. then she shot down the the preacher from his from his noose. This is her first actual gunfight that we know of. Okay. Well, yeah. In in this in this town and all that. Um. Well, it's just like nuts. Like she's walking out. Everybody's just it's just hustle and bustle. There's like um, it's like flash pans going off. And, people popping bottles and all that and whatever. And, and, uh, and then you got Russell Crowe just going, Oh, just, uh, you know, listen, listen to the clock. Basically. And it was like, how am I supposed to do that? Like where you got all this chaos going on. <laughs> I bet it's kind of nerve wracking. Oh, and by but the way, the guy that was, in your face wants, to, wants to kill you. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was, uh, just kind of funny in that way. Cause I'm like, Oh, Easier said than done, Russell. What do you know? You're just Russell Crowe. <laughs> making movies, making songs, and fighting around the world. <laughs> You're welcome for that beautiful setup, sir. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we, we look at the clock, and, and we see that it's already one till. And I know they were saying that we were waiting for her in the street, but she's cutting it kind of close. I mean... If the clock struck right now, would would Mad Dog Kelly just start shooting up the crowd to get to her? Is, <laughs> is she disqualified? I, I I think our rules are a little bit vague, and and we'll see throughout the movie. She she's the one that always shows up, like literally ten seconds to go. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah, it was like literally the last minute. And we we see Herod popping a bottle of the bubbly. And he's celebrating on his porch, and 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 she finally, uh, she being Sharon Stone, pronouns pal, um, she <laughs> finally gets in in place, and she's ready to face Mad Dog Kelly. But Hingle quiets the crowd, so he he obviously understands your your concern of you. There's there's a lot of hustle and bustle going on. He he tells us it's the last fight of the day, and that you may fire at the first chime of the clock. He says it right then and there, the first chime of the clock. 
So this once again proves my point that all these people are cheaters. I, I wonder if he's saying it here as a reminder to everyone, like, hey, assholes, I, I know you heard me the first time, but none of you are listening, except you, Mr. Herod. You're cool. Um, you defended yourself, and we're all very proud of you, sir. Please don't, please don't kill me. But you other a-holes, first chime of the clock, no questions. We we then cut to Kelly, and he's getting his gun ready and, and staring down the, the lady. He starts talking smack to her, but she just keeps looking at the clock. And this noticeably makes Tobin Bell very, very confused because he's he's looking around like, am, am I missing something? Like, what, what exactly do you think is going through his head at this point? <laughs> I'm, I'm talking all this smack, and she just kind of keeps staring at the Like, it's going to chime, right? Um, yeah, that's... Um... It is curious. I think that if you if you were able to listen to the clock right before, if if it does chime, indeed, there'll be a click and then the chime. So mm-hmm. that way to get, you know, that like that, you know, fraction of a second, because you know that's gonna chime. Like you hear that click and then there's a chime. You know, fraction of a second. Now, to be fair, again with Mr. Pingle, you can audibly you can audibly hear the click, and it's a good little sound note in the movie. But it's click, and then the the hand moves, so it strikes, and then the chime. They pull before the chime, Sean. I'm not letting you off the hook on this. Yeah, I mean, rules is rules. <laughs> Them's the rules. I'm just saying. Them's the rules. After uh, some silent looks at the crowd, uh, Katie, Leo, and, and his girl Maddie, Herod, everyone, finally the clock clicks, then then talks, point, point taken, and the lady uses her advantage to blow Tobin away. And she's declared the winner, much to the delight of the crowd and, and to the chagrin of Tobin Bell, who is apparently still alive. Um, I think she might have did that on purpose. Uh, didn't uh, just shot to wound. I and and that is one way to read it, and I, I I can't disagree with you. I I I would argue almost that it goes back to the the saloon scene where she she um, rescues the the preacher from the noose. I think she just is a a, a really crappy shot. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I made the comment in the episode of. Right after Gene Hackman makes the comment that there's no rules about ladies in the quick draw, they just can't shoot for shit. That she takes three shots to to hit the news that says Russell Crowe. Right. Maybe she's just proving the point a little bit. Don't Part of me does wonder if she's kind of playing possum, as it were, just not showing her hand, uh, maybe not showing her full hand, you know, uh, off the bat, you know, just it's, trying to. Yeah, it's, it's a long con. I, 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 I can't disagree with that. Um, so we see the doctor heading uh, Mad Dog's way, and it looks like he took the bullet in his left side from, from his reaction. And we'll just have to keep an eye out on whether or not he shows up in the background in the rest of the movie, because much as I'm confused about him not attacking her from the jump in the saloon, I'm even more confused that he's alive with him letting things settle like that, I, 
I, I guess that there's, you know, there's no fighting once the tournament has begun, kind of like Mortal Kombat or Bloodsport. You know, if you if you fight before the tournament, you're 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 disqualified. And Herod made us very well aware of what happens if you're a cheater. But perhaps there's an amnesty once you're in redemption that that no one gets crazy without the express written consent of Herod himself. I'm I'm just confused at how we see Mad Dog Kelly as this, you know, vile mad. Sp- bidding mad person calling her every name in the book when she's riding away from him on his, on his horse. Keep in mind that she is a horse thief. Yeah. She did steal his horse in the beginning. (laughs) Exactly. To wanting to kill her and and be the first one to kill her. Uh, Not that you can kill her a second time, but you know what I mean? Um, In in this quick draw to, Oh, well, she shot me. I guess, I guess we're cool now. I, I just don't see how that cool down period happened so quickly. I don't know. Creative liberties, I don't know. <laughs> There's a little bit of that. So Sharon Stone pulls Leo in for a big smooch. And if you're you're Maddie, you have to be going like what the what the heck? So this is Maddie for, for those not aware is the, the redheaded gal that is obviously Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, girlfriend in this. She has to be wondering, you know, what exactly is going on here? I've been hearing some rumors about what may have happened that that one night in the saloon, but like this is a bit much. She, uh, Katie rushes up to her and, and tells her that she thinks the lady's great, which is met with Sharon Stone telling her to grow up. And you can literally see the look of dejection kind of crossing the girl's face. And this just goes to show you folks, never meet your heroes. Okay. That's, that's a rule of thumb. Never meet your heroes, kids. Um, it's, it's kind of disjointed the way that the, the lady character treats the girl because first she was an annoyance talking too much and going through her things when she's trying to unpack her, her room. Then she softens a little bit and, and even has that tender moment with her just minutes, literally minutes ago in her room. And and now this, so I don't know if she's trying to get the girl to not want to emulate her. I, I, I don't know. Shiz, what, what, what's what, what you got? Oh yeah. I think, Perhaps, you know, the, the moments of, of tenderness or whatever, it's kind of Sharon Stone's character is maybe reminded of herself, you know, before she, uh, you know, took on this life, as it were, as, as a gunfighter, you know, like back to the innocence of youth. Um, ah, the youth. The, the youths. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, and then then once she, you know, is in the moment she in you know, and she's, um, you know, she, I think she's very conflicted still about bringing violence and having vengeance. Uh, it's kind of a complex kind of emotion, really. Um, and I think it's like, um, you know, she's still maybe wants to preserve that innocence. That's why she's kind of like, you know, you know, don't, don't be like me. She's mad. She's just like, Oh, conflicted. She's conflicted. I'm I'm in a glass box of emotions. (laughs) I I mean, that is, that is fair. And, you know, we'll, we'll see throughout the movie, how, how Gene Hackman's kind of got her, her character pegged. You know phrasing but um 
uh, of she's not truly that cut heart gunfighter. So I, that may speak to it a little bit. And, and, you know, she is, I mean, she doesn't appear to be much older than what the Sharon Stone character, spoilers for those that haven't figured out that that's the little girl running in the dream sequence. So there isn't that much age difference between what has happened to the, the Sharon Stone character as a kid in here. So, I, and that is a thread that will run through with the Katie character here in a little bit with the unfortunate happenings with, with Eugene. So I, I, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of validity to that. I like that. Um, but uh, we, we end our scene with her storming into the saloon past court. She does give him a quick thanks for the tip. So it, it wasn't all for naught. He did in fact give her the, the, the cheat code. Um, court looks over to Herod and he's greeted with a smirk. So he, Herod knows that, in this battle for the the lady's soul between the preacher and the devil, you know, this, this one, despite the fact of it being a, a help from the preacher, you, you got to chalk this, this point up to the devil. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but uh, that's where we, we leave off for our chapter um, six or not chapter six, chapter 12, uh, Ellen versus Kelly. Uh, we will return very, very shortly to uh, Chapter 13, Dinner Invitation. Uh, but before we do that, uh, Shizzy, as our returning contestant, you made it through the first round of the gunfight. Uh, what we like to do is play a little game called F, Mary Kill. You may be familiar with it. So you get to choose one character that you'd like to F. You get to choose one that you'd like to marry and one you'd like to kill. They don't have to be mutually exclusive if you're into that sort of thing. Um of any character in the movie, what uh, what is your choices for F. Mary Kill? Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's always a uh, hilarious game, isn't it? <laughs> I hope so. Um, That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> I um, was like anybody, or just in the particular scene or movie, nope. the whole movie. Make it make it fun. Go wild. Uh, He's a doctor. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. The uh, I would probably f Mary kill Gene Hackman. J all three, just to say, all three. <laughs> I did, and I'd be a legendary uh, person for that. <laughs> Now, knowing the humor that I know between me and you and some of the jokes that we've made over the years, I have to ask, is it in that order? Uh, <laughs> no particular order. I don't, I don't <laughs> think. Uh, I mean, if, if you can pull off even two of those three with one Mr. Gene Hackman, it, it would it would definitely raise your street cred, not not just in this movie, but just in life in general for the real Gene Hackman. So that's, that's fair. I, I like the answer. Yeah, thanks. All right. It's well, kind of hard. Never mind. I was going to leave that one. You to say it. You got to finish it. Go. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, it's kind of hard to, uh, I, I'm sure it's not legal to marry a corpse, or, let alone F1. You know? So. Uh, I mean, I've not tried so i don't know i mean i think in some <laughs> states it's legal to marry like a table or something so yeah. you never know 
these this day and time, you know. <laughs> we'll just leave as long that. as it identifies as a person, I think it's okay. Yeah. If the corpse identifies as an alive person, I think it's still legal. But who knows? <laughs> All right. But that that concludes our chapter. Um, Shizzy, I, I, once again, thanks for coming on, buddy. Uh, if somebody is in the, the Lima land area, what uh, what bands do they look out for? And, and where where possibly could they find you? Um, oh, that's a good question. I, sometimes I'll do um, some solo acoustic sets uh, under my shizzy moniker um i also have a band called uh, murder cabin which actually started out as um we just had an idea to to write songs like some like hillbilly ass songs about murder and cannibalism just because we think it that was funny but then it it's kind of I'm, morphing into my uh, on christian rock stuff. i don't know uh not quite but <laughs> But yeah, um, we um, we got a couple of dates. I think by the time uh, this airs, um, we've already have had uh, a couple shows uh, in, and then I think in March, the end of March, my fortieth birthday is coming up, and uh, we'll be having a little party at uh, at the firehouse uh, March twenty fifth. I don't think I'm going to play because I just got like, I booked like five bands accidentally. And I'm like, uh, I think I'm just going to party and watch them. (laughs) (laughs) You can set this one out. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up, I think I got like five or six acts now and I'm like, uh Oh, I got, I can't be overbooking it. But, uh, yeah, it's just kind of, uh, anywhere around Lima we're kicking around. We actually just, was talking to uh well in april we're gonna play with some of our friends uh from columbus uh henotis they're uh gonna be in in town for a record store day and we're gonna play a show the night before that and then we're trying to get some gigs um columbus area um uh we'll, we'll see what happens we're just you know we're finally picking back up you know it's been we kind of took a couple months off and uh now we're just gonna you know be playing our local local shows nothing fancy very very cool and i again i can vouch for for him i've I've been listening to shizzy stuff in in many incarnations over over the past 30 years uh you're never not going to have fun going to one of his shows um so again if you're in the limeland area and you hear that shizzy's up on stage with with any of his bands uh, definitely give it a look, give it a, a, a shout out, um, share it out on some social media, let these guys kind of get uh, a little bit more well-known. But Shizzy, again, I, I thank you for your time on this, buddy. We'll, we'll catch up and uh, who knows, man, maybe we'll uh, we'll get another episode down the line. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. It would be, uh, it was an honor and a pleasure talking with you. I appreciate it. Anytime I get to catch up with an old friend and especially one in, in regards to the unholy triad, I, I, I definitely miss you guys. And uh, hopefully you come out here to Arizona again. I know you were, you're the, you were the first, I was the last. Uh, we'll <laughs> see if we can get, we can get muffles out here, but yeah, uh, until, I, until I we did meet live, guys. Good. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I did live out there for, for um, almost a year. This is, wow. This has been quite a long time ago now, but um, it's been a bit, I miss it out there. I'd love to uh, 
be able to to come out sometime and uh, and visit. You hear that, Ohio people? I'm not being biased. That's somebody that left Ohio, went to Arizona, came back to Ohio, telling you you should come back out to Arizona. From Shizzy's mouth to your ears. <laughs> I like I like it out there. All right, we will let you guys go. As always, I appreciate your time. Uh, if you haven't already, please, please, please check us out on social media. We are Support Your Local Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, anything like that, uh, hit me up at SUP, that's S-U-P-P, your local podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you haven't already, please rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. That's how we get a little bit more well-known. That's how we get the word of the podcast spread out there. It's completely free. It takes you a couple seconds. Uh, please, please, please take a few moments to hit us up with a, a good review. Uh, if you've not already, hit that subscribe button. If Shizzy hasn't convinced you that this is a great show, uh, then I, I don't know what else I can do for you. But you know, definitely hit that subscribe button on any of your favorite podcatchers. But until we meet again, folks, for Chapter 13, love you as always. Thank you for your time. But please remember, support your local podcast. Hello, I'm Robert T. Smith, host of Support Your Local Podcast. I want to take a moment to remind you to hit that fast forward button. That is, unless you want to hear about something good being done. Anyone who knows me knows that I love bowling. In 2016, I founded the Smith Family Bowling Scholarship Foundation, intended to honor my father's hard work and dedication to community service and award scholarships to youth bowlers throughout the nation. To date, we've awarded well over $15,000 in scholarships. If you are a bowler, know a bowler, have ever seen a bowler, or heard about anyone who has ever seen a video of a bowler, I'd love for you to help promote the SFBSF and its mission. Please go to sfbsf.com and see what we're all about. While you're there, please consider hitting that donate button and helping us make a brighter future for our youth. Again, that's sfbsf.com. Thank you for your time.